You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. As always, we start off with a sense of how the markets have been performing. I'm joined on the line by Director and Portfolio Manager at Rand Swiss, Gary Boyson, to take a look at this. Good evening, Gary. Always a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, we're not going to chat about Skynet tonight, but we are going to chat about the fact that Donald Trump's decided he's going to pay for his tax bill by selling sneakers. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you so saw that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I yeah I did I didn't actually see that news update but uh, U.S. markets are closed so I haven't really been looking at U.S. news too much uh, on the local front however uh, um, it felt like the market was just trading water today I mean we we had the the Aussie index essentially flat we're down uh, 0.05 percent um, you know the the financial index managed to gain around a third the the industrial index fell you know two tenths of one percent the resources were down about uh, just over a third as well so it just felt like not much going on and I think one of it is the the president's day public holiday in uh, in the US uh, this evening and uh, and then of course we've got just a huge huge event week as well so we've got uh, uh, the likes of FOMC minutes out on Wednesday but we've got the local budget out on Wednesday as well um, I think the the US corporate release that everyone is looking for is uh, is the Nvidia results also out on Wednesday uh, which could uh, I think potentially scupper the, the AI-based tech rally that we've been seeing. I mean, the stock's up 46% uh, year-to-date, and it was up around 240% uh, last year in dollar terms. Um, so it's going to come down to see if, uh, if if the numbers can actually justify this kind of price movement. So that's definitely a big one. And then a little bit of market news out today just on, on individual companies as well. You mentioned that NVIDIA update, Gary, and I mean, obviously, the, the chart at this point looks like um, just a vertical line uh, on a screen. There's no going from bottom left to top right. It's literally just like a straight line going up because there, there's been very little uh, bearish price movement uh, on that. And that stock, as you said, has rallied uh, in unprecedented terms uh, over the last little bit. Are we thinking that this week with FOMC as well and with all the developments around, um, I think about things like inflation uh, being sticky in the US, but also at the same time, a technical recession in the likes of Japan and the UK. Is the global picture now still suggesting that the Magnificent Seven are on top, or are we now having a different conversation? Because I see things like ESG are back in the fold, things around EVs are still in conversation, and to the detriment of our PGM counters as well. Um, where's where's global sentiment resting, other than that big FOMC meeting on Wednesday, or the minutes on Wednesday? Oh, yeah, I think global sentiment, there's a lot going on internationally. And, and I think the, the rally that we've seen in, in S&P 500 index, for example, it's very, very thin. So I think at the moment, the, the NVIDIA rally accounts for about a, a quarter of the the performance of the S&P 500 uh, this year so far. So you can just see that the size of the company, the, the speed of the rally and the excitement around AI has been driving all the market gains. If you remove that from the market, the world is a far more desperate place. If you look at things like the Russell 2000, if you, as you say, you, you spread your focus uh, internationally. Now, Japan, I mean, you, you mentioned obviously the technical recession, but you know, huge issues in, in Japan. They can't raise interest rates because they just have so, so much debt. Uh, it's making the yen very, very weak. The yen kind of knocking on that uh, 150 to the dollar uh, level repeatedly. 
and and I think real issues. I mean, and there's longer term issues in Japan as as we know around demographics, etc. You know, uh, you look across at, uh, at at Europe and and you look at uh, the UK. It's it's a very different picture from what you've seen from 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 the overall index. And and I think you know we saw the first kind of crack starting to appear in the US last year. You, you mentioned obviously the the hotter inflation number. Uh, you know, inflation came. You know, the headline number came in at three point one percent. So just showing that the the Fed doesn't quite have things under control. They've got that 2% target. Uh, but the expectation was for 29 And I've been watching that expectation before that number. It was just getting, it was just coming in lower. Every day there was revisions lower and lower and lower on that expectation. You got the sense that the market, maybe because they're looking at the price performance, is just so optimistic. But you're actually getting a, a, a sense that the US inflation might be a little bit more sticky. We also got poor retail sales numbers out of the US last week. Uh, also a big miss. I mean, we're expecting a decline, but of, of 0.1%, we got 0.8%. So, so big slump in retail sales and, and the US is really a consumer economy so that, that is a very very significant number so I don't want to say stagflation <laughs> but um, I think we could have uh, you know slightly higher interest rates for a little bit longer uh, we're starting to see signs of weakening in the US labor market and at the same time you know inflation is just isn't dropping back to that level so I think the Fed in maybe a, a, a tighter a tighter position so I think those FOMC minutes are going to be quite quite interesting to watch but globally we've got we've got uh, China, which has all sorts of problems. They're trying to stimulate their market. The market isn't really reacting to the stimulus measures being put in place. They've got uh, you know, demographic issues there as well. I mean, the, the working age population of, of China will be shrinking going forward. Um, you know, that's going to be very, very difficult for the stock market to keep up, I suppose. And there's also all the regulatory risks around China. We've got conflict in the Middle East. I mean, the world, the world, there's a lot going on, <laughs> you put it that way. And I think sentiment overall is negative if you step outside of the AI space. You you mentioned this AI space, and I mean, I, I suppose context is, is is quite important. We're looking at NVIDIA. The, the, those earnings numbers are coming through later this week. Um, but for those that haven't been keeping up with NVIDIA, uh, the company's market cap has eclipsed that of Amazon. Amazon's at about $1.76 trillion. NVIDIA's closer to $1.8 trillion. So that's why this is such a focal point is because we're not just talking about a company that's um, a small company at this stage. I mean, if we just compare uh, the price on that from call it what October of 2022 uh, in the space of less than two years it's gone from around a hundred dollars to about seven hundred and thirty dollars so it has been quite the upward trajectory there and um, I suppose that's that's where we're sitting at the point at this point Gary saying that how much further up before we start to see it come down Um, but let's move to a couple of local things that have been happening Uh, I want to start with the RAND we're at 19 rand. We're going into budget week. We typically know that um, where there's announcements around budget, around significant things that create rand volatility, that we 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 get a gauge of it leading up to it with a bit of early indications around maybe a softening leading up to the conversation. We saw this with Sona as well. The RAND softened to 19 Rand ahead of the Sona speech and then strengthened after that. Do you see it strengthening after the budget? And what are your thoughts around what the budget will will do for sentiment in South Africa? 
I think it's going to be an incredibly difficult budget speech, to to be honest. It's it's an incredible balancing act that uh, you know they're going to have to have to make. So, at the at the one on the one side, you know we have to see a slowdown in government spending. Um, you know the, the fiscus is incredibly constrained at this stage, and we have to either the raise taxes or cut spending. That's that's what we've got to do from an economic point of view. Uh, the problem is it's an election year. We've got a year where the ANC risks losing uh, a majority as well. So. Uh, is it is it going to be possible to make you know spending cuts or, or increase taxes? It's going to be very very difficult. I mean, there's been you know all sorts of talk around you know potentially an increase in the VAT rate. Uh, I just can't see that happening uh, at at this budget speech ahead of elections. Um, you know, we've we've talked about taking the marginal tax rate up to from 45% the, the upper limit of the marginal uh, tax rate to to 50% from 45%. Um, that also you start to face issues around the Laffer curve, which is saying you you can continue to increase taxes, but you actually get a drop off in revenue collections because you know people actually just stop working or they immigrate or they they go to you know more tax friendly areas so it's i think it's a very very difficult budget speech that we're going to what we're going to see um i can't you know you ask is the currency going to strengthen into it and you know is this little weakening that we're feeling here this i mean it feels like the the if you look at the rand dollar exchange rate it's it's actually been fairly stable we've kind of been trading a range maybe like 1884 we did Briefly, as you say, but before the sona, just dip, dip before but below that level. But on the upside, you're looking at about 1920, and and it's been pretty stable for most of the year. Um, you know, could the budget speech be the catalyst to really move this out? I mean, we know that uh, you, you know the the local currency is also sensitive to things like load shedding. If we see a, a lift in in load shedding levels, uh, that is generally currency negative. But at the same time, you know, it's 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 really difficult to see. I think, it's, like I said, it's going to be a very very tough budget to uh, to put to to put through. Absolutely, and there's going to be so much more that we need to look at uh, around that. Uh, Gary, before I let you go, your thoughts on Telcom? They put out two cents announcements. Uh, obviously, one around that mast uh, and towers business that we have been keeping an eye on. Um, and then the other was the trading update for the quarter ended uh, December. Your thoughts on their performance? Uh, very flat. Very, very flat. So, yeah, obviously the renewal of the cautionary, you know, consortium will be buying SwiftNet most likely, um, which I think will be a good thing uh, for the business. It, it is, you know, most telcos do go that route eventually. So so selling off the underlying infrastructure. Um, but, yeah, as I said, very flat. So you had uh, group revenue in the third quarter up around 2%. Mobile revenue did a little bit better, up up. Uh, 4.8%. Uh, and they really, I suppose, they're trying to sell the, the 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 network. And I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. They, you know, through OpenServe, they're really doubling down on the on the fiber rollout. Uh, you know, connecting you know well over a million homes now. I think it's 1.18 million homes that that have been connected. But uh, you know, looking forward two three years, it's it's difficult to see where the catalyst for for growth for Telcom really is going to come from. Uh, we we kind of have top line predictions in in low single digits uh, in terms of revenue growth. And, and they really need to do something to to try and capture larger markets. They've got big cost-cutting plans in place uh, just to try and lift the bottom line. But uh, they're operating in a difficult economy. And I think, I think that's being reflected in the numbers as well. I think a positive that we can draw from Telcom is they may be one of the few state-owned entities on Wednesday that will not be asking for a bailout. Um, Gary, your thoughts on Northern? They also put out a trading update? 
yeah, Northern, I, I'd haven't actually had a look at the Northern trading updates. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of other things going on. I did have a look at Amplats, but but I didn't didn't catch the Northern one. No, of course. Let's let's look at um, Amplats and and or I suppose let's look at the PGM space, right? Let's not isolate it to one or the other. Um, the PGM counters have been on the receiving end of some really negative price movements, especially if we look at the uh, platinum and palladium prices struggling to get back above uh, $900 and quickly dipping below $900 almost on a day uh, a day's whim um obviously that's a lot to, that has a lot to do with how the markets are viewing uh, internal combustion engines versus EVs and all of that but with the way markets are shaping up and the fact that things might not progress at the pace at which we thought they would do you think we could realistically see a recovery on uh, the PGM side where demand says you know what it might be a couple more years before we actually do this full transition towards cleaner or EV vehicles and in the meantime we still need to get around I suppose we saw a recovery in in oil prices, certainly. Everyone was kind of almost saying, oh, we don't need oil anymore. (laughs) Suddenly we saw (laughs) the the conflict in Russia and and Ukraine just shoot, uh, you know, like energy prices through the roof. You saw all the the energy counters bar Sassel at the moment, you know, flying. So absolutely, there's there's always the the opportunity for for disruption in in the industry. And we've seen it with the likes of the the rhodium prices and the palladium prices, um, you know, previously absolutely shooting the lights out. At the moment, it is it is difficult uh, in the PGM space. Uh, so obviously, with those layoffs, I mean, you know, t- terrible. Uh, you know, laying off 17% of your workforce is never a good thing. But I think it's it's important to understand the basket price for for Amplat specifically that it, it dropped around 35% over their their reporting period. And all of these companies um, have huge operating leverage. So when prices go up, you have a fixed cost base, and suddenly the higher the prices go, everything just drops through to your bottom line. But the same works in reverse. Uh, you know, if if you if you see that the price coming down as it has, um, you know, you suddenly go into, you know, into a very, very difficult world where you have to make deep structural changes. And, and that's what Amplats has to unfortunately do. Um, yeah, just looking through deep into the results as well, we can we can see also that, uh, you know, Europe and the US, Europe was was fairly resilient. I mean, the, the sales to Europe did drop. The US actually managed to grow, uh, specifically in the precious metal space, but Asia almost halved. And, and we've seen, I think, a lot less demand uh, through, through Asia, uh, generally with with platinum, you also see big Japanese buying as well. It's it's one of the, the almost swing factors um, with within the the PGM space, and and I think you've seen a lot of Japanese investment buying coming out of the market at the moment. That's also sort of hampered things, but you know, in the end of the day, you asked around, uh, you know. Can, can we see can we see a replacement for PGMs? Um, you know, if we move to a more electric future, it's very very difficult to see it because because auto catalytic converters makes up you know just under half of the total demand for for platinum and and platinum group metals. So it's an absolutely enormous buyer. And and if we are to to do a full EV adoption, I mean, remember these things aren't linear; um, they tend to hockey stick. So you get you sort of like experimental adoption, and then suddenly uh, it flips, and then you know the, the adoption actually happens very very quickly. And it's it's not this kind of linear transition that you'll see over say ten or fifteen years. It generally does happen quite quickly. So I think there is definitely a risk there. But I think a lot of that is reflected in the share prices of these PGM miners, which have been under enormous pressure lately. Well, we'll keep an eye on the miners. We'll keep an eye on the stocks and hopefully we can see some better price movements uh, going into the rest of the week. Uh, but we'll leave it at that. That's Gary Boyson, uh, Portfolio Manager and Director at Rand Swiss, joining me for uh, the Market Watcher and his thoughts around what's been moving the markets throughout the day. 
You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.